Going Linux, episode 428, Listener Feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want to send us feedback, you can email us at goinglinux at gmail.com and our voicemail line is 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hello, Bill. Hey, Larry. Hey, just so everybody knows that this is going to be a short one. Usually our email and uh, voicemails uh, tend to drop off during the summer when people are outside. So we're going to, we wanted to get something out. So I, th- uh, we just are going to read what we have and talk about it for a few minutes. And so this is probably going to be the, one of the shortest episodes we've ever had. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Depends on how much we have to say about the emails, but yes. um, yeah. So we've just got a couple, maybe three people who have submitted emails. David submitted about three, four. <laughs> we summarized, but um, yeah, we'll 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 keep it uh, we'll keep it to just the facts as we always do. And if um, if this is the summer, then I'm expecting people are out listening to our podcast and, you know, enjoying themselves and don't really have time to provide us a lot of feedback. But as that's always, okay. if, yeah, that's that's good. If you do have feedback, though, please send it in if you can. <laughs> that's it. All right. Yeah, let's get started then. Our first email is from Sean. He's emailed us to mention the PS command, going in Linux licenses, and geek log. So three different things. Aloha from Utah. I would like to request an episode segment about the PS command, line command. It's useful and powerful and has two syntaxes for listing running processes. So an introduction for us all would be awesome. By the way, Larry, what are the licenses of your books, something Creative Commons, and the website's articles, the website itself? What about your podcast's theme music? Do you use a GitLab repository? Are these things in their source code listed there? What software powers the Going Linux website anyway? Today, I am recommending the free Libra open source software GeekLog, which is a CMS, content management system, to everyone. It is written from the ground up to be secure first. However, it is also full-featured. It makes for good blogging or website software unnatural for many of your listeners and readers. It is wonderful software and much less of concern than WordPress tends to be. GeekLog includes more features yet has almost no security flaws, no bugs, and what flaws there are they usually just quickly patch theoretical vulnerabilities and not actually being exploited by hackers, something which I can't say about WordPress and its extensions. 
Thank you for the stupendous work, past, present, and future. Aloha from Utah. Number one pedantic minion, Sean. <laughs> uh, we've got lots of minions with lots of titles now. So Sean, yes, our pedantic minion. There we go. So we've got a few questions to answer here. Uh, let's see. The licenses for the books, Creative Commons, share alike. Uh, so you're free to share any content from the book. You can even make a digital copy of the book and share it with somebody else if you wish. Just give us credit. And the website articles, same thing, uh, Creative Commons, free to share. And the website itself, the whole thing, Creative Commons. How about your podcast theme music? Well, um, that is, as we announce, from Mark Blasco. Uh, he's the author of the music. He can be found on the website podcastthemes.com. And I'm not sure exactly which version of Creative Commons he has on his music, but um, he has some free music there, some other music for purchase. Uh, in any case, it is Creative Commons and it does require attribution, which we do on every show. So that is the theme music. What powers the website is uh, mainly, uh, right now, it's an application that I think has stopped development free open source application um, that is called The Maker. Uh, at this point, if you want to install it, the older version that I'm using doesn't work on newer websites, so you have to compile it yourself. Um, and it's not, uh, it's, some of the components are, are older, so you probably, I hate to say it, don't want to use the maker for your website. Uh, we're thinking of changing, we've been thinking about WordPress, but Maybe we'll take a look at the one that you've recommended, Sean, that being Geek Log. In the meantime, the one that I've been tending towards, in my mind at least, is Hugo. Uh, and Hugo is essentially a command line application that lets you build your website using the Hugo application, a single binary, and you can write the articles in Markdown. Uh, and Hugo will convert all that to web pages, and then I'll just put the web pages on the website. And so software to create the content would be Hugo. And um, anyway, that's something that is in the future when I find some time, if that ever occurs. <laughs> so that's where we're at. Uh, uh, any thoughts uh, on what Sean asks? Any additional thoughts about WordPress or have you tried Geeklog? Now I've never heard of Geek Log, Geek Log, so yeah, we we should definitely take a a peek at it and see if it might, if it might meet our needs. Uh, I do know. Uh, so, if anybody that doesn't know, Larry does most of this, but all the uh, questions here. If anybody else has any, you can dig into uh, the answers. They're actually on our website, Larry. Yeah, exactly. Just. Right on the main page at the bottom. So uh, take a look there. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we're using any uh, proprietary um, 
uh, or non-open source applications that I'm aware of. Now, things beyond our control, I don't know what the web server is running or anything like that. It could be Linux, it could be whatever they run. I think you use as much open source as you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the web host we have does run Linux on their servers. Um, not all of the software that they offer for installation on the server is open source, but like uh, WordPress, for example, they offer that. Um, and you can install it right from their scripts. The only thing that we don't use build that is proprietary would be Google Docs for the notes that we use to actually produce the show. That's about the only thing. We've moved off of Gmail. We've moved off of anything. I long ago moved off of anything that's proprietary for recording the show. And so, yeah, most of it is uh, most of it is open source. Yeah, and we use Audacity to record it, which is yep. open source. Uh, we're not against, uh, you know, uh, having software that is from a, um, you know, proprietary company if it works better. Uh, but we find that open source is as good or, uh, for our needs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we of course are open source advocates. So if we can use open source, even if it would require a little bit more work, like when you were compiling the maker, uh, we'll use it. Exactly. So, uh, thanks, Sean, for the email and the questions. Yeah, thanks, Sean. So David told us that Ubuntu Mate 22.04 just saved him at least $400. He says, recently my Asus C300SA-DH02 Chromebook just got notified that it had received its last Chrome security update. Oh. Mm -hmm. I guess after five years, there is no support upgrade opportunity for Chrome OS. Uh, just as a side note, we've heard of that, that they age out uh, those Chromebooks. Uh, so, yeah. My Chromebook faced the same thing. It's one of the very first ones. Not the first one, but one of the first ones. And uh, yeah, it's a brick. Yeah. And he says, even though my Chromebook is five years old, I really like it for surfing the net and doing occasional tasks. Plus, it only weighs three pounds. To replace that with another Chromebook would be at least $300. And forget duplicating that with a computer with a real operating system. I did not have to pay an Apple tax for a new Mac and no new windows for me just several hours of work for me in converting to linux it took me a while to find an internal diagram on the internet that clued me in to the fact that all i had to look for was some duct tape electrical tape inside my chromebook hiding the right protect screw and then took me a while to find some terminal commands that worked to, uh, to torpedo Chrome OS and allow me to boot uh, to installable Linux USB. Last site called Mr. Chromebox.tech or something like that. I was amused that I could get my Linux Mate 22.04 
on this 16 gigabyte hard drive with room to spare and needs to say the system now has functioning programs on it. It seems to run faster and is fully uh, supported for years to come. I love saving money. Don't we all? Mm -hmm. uh, keep uh, up uh, the good work. I'm still enjoying your podcast, and thankfully, there are Linux alternatives. David. Uh, my Chromebook was an old Samsung that had some proprietary processor, and I, I don't know whether the RAM was was proprietary or not, and it it's so old, it has no chance of being rehabilitated. Uh, but it looks like some of at least the Asus Chromebooks, if you can find the screw, the, the <laughs> tape covering the screw that allows you to <laughs> turn off that's the funny. Chrome I'm OS, sorry. that's great. Just turn the screw. <laughs> you think about it, a lot of these Chromebooks these days are just regular um, designed for Windows computers or close to them. Uh, and as a computer manufacturer, making the same hardware and just disabling the ability to install Windows would seem like good business sense. So maybe some of these older Chromebooks that are out of support may have some of this kind of hardware write protection on them that might, if you can find a way to disable it, um, allow you to install Linux on those machines. That That would be fantastic. I rehabilitate their old um, uh, computers uh, just as to see what I can get run on them. And I have uh, a, um, a old laptop that runs really, really fast. It only has four gigs of RAM and um, Ubuntu Mate runs just like it's uh, state-of-the-art. I mean, you, you do mm -hmm. notice that the, the, the main hard drive is a little slower, but I mean, it's nothing. I mean, I can take an extra second to uh, to load a program to save uh, you know, $500. I mean, I've got a new machine that runs really, really fast, but uh, for day-to-day -day use, this little small older laptop that has long since... Uh, you know, lives past its service life with Windows, runs Linux great. So that's awesome yeah. to hear. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, David actually wrote back a little bit later, uh, and he had a bit of a problem with audio file playing properly. And he was wondering if it was Ubuntu Mate, and I took a look at what was going on, and it was in the middle of the audio, an AUG audio file, it would s stop and hiss, and it was it was kind of funky. So anyway, um, I suggested to David that the problem might not be the OS, but rather the file itself be corrupt, or maybe there's some hardware issue with, with the way the Chromebook was designed. And he wrote back. He said, you're right. It was definitely a hardware issue. After going through several suggestions on the Ubuntu forum, I was unable to get it working. I tried reinstalling 22.04 Ubuntu Mate, finally installed Lubuntu, side note, I was disappointed with Lubuntu, and had to actually tether my phone to connect to the internet. Then, finally, I installed Elementary OS, or thought it was final. I was not impressed. And then I installed Zorin. 
It has mate eye candy, but nice flavor, he says. I guess he didn't like it either. Then, he said, he resorted to invoking several commands that others had tried when the only audio the system could see were virtual outputs and would not see a hardware output, not even headphones. So it's time to get another Chromebook or cheap, lightweight, old Windows machine in order to install Linux. David. A little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, Hardware does uh, get old and break sometimes, so... Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Chromebooks, let's face it, they, for the most part, were designed for Chrome OS, and if there is anything that needed tweaking for Windows, they may have just skipped that. Anyway, David wrote back. Yeah, a few days later, David wrote us again, and he said, I ended up buying a new Asus E410M, listed as an L. 410 on Amazon for $222 with 4 gigabytes of RAM and a 128 gigabyte drive. I nuked the Windows 11 S mode and did a fresh install of Ubuntu Mate 22.4 and all is good. There are deals out there for those who are wanting inexpensive Linux alternatives. Disclaimer. I believe the 1920 by 1080 resolution may be overstated, but the display does work for him. All right, so it looks like he had to buy a Windows machine, so he nuked the Windows machine. Yeah, and so <laughs> it, it may not have saved him $400, but it did save him almost $200. So yeah, hey, that's good. Okay, and and a little learning along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and distro hopping, so you get the honorary title of uh, experimental distro hopper minion. Oh, another yeah, title. yeah, nice. nice title, huh? I'm gonna have to keep track of these. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got them, I got them on my spreadsheet. <laughs> okay, good, good. Somebody's keeping track of it. All right, so our last email is from Carlos, who tells us why he uses RAID one. Side note, Carlos provides a link to his blog post in his email, and that links to instructions on a University of Alberta webpage. There, it defines RAID 1 this way. If you join two identical hard drives in a software RAID 1, also known as Mirror RAID, you get data redundancy that allows you to survive a disk crash without downtime. Linux-based software RAID also allows you to plug one or both disks into any other Linux machine and read the data without hardware compatibility issues posed by RAID controllers. Note the use of RAID should only be viewed as a convenience and never be considered a backup. Uh, Why don't you read um, Carlos's actual email, Bill? Okay, so... His email goes, Hi, Larry and Bill. Many distros releases ago, the hard disk of a new machine died suddenly with the click of death. Shortly after I spent a couple of days installing the newest version of OpenSUSE, all the software I needed, and adjusting the KDE to perfection. I had no data loss thanks to the backup, but... Having to install and adjust everything again made me start using RAID 1 in all machines of my university research lab. 
Recently, one of the RAID disks in my desktop died. I documented the fix in progress, showed one more time the advantage of having a second disk constantly synchronized to reduce downtime. It can also increase the, the read speed of large files. I share the story on this blog post, and his link is in the note. Uh, and uh, it sounds like it would be a very interesting reading. So it he is, says, yeah. "Keep, yeah, keep on going, going, links, Carlos. Thank you, Carlos, and I will definitely uh, read that. That sounds uh, like it was uh, uh, a good, uh, <laughs> good thing that you had it." Yeah, so he's got much more detail about what his story was there. And uh, Carlos is a regular listener and contributor to the Going Linux podcast, has been using OpenSUSE for years, and in fact, he is part of the University of Alberta system and uh, is a founder of the uh, the research lab that he mentions there. And you can find links to and details to all of that and more in the blog post that we'll link to in our show notes. And, you know, Larry, just as a, uh, a little added uh, information that's not in the uh, show notes that uh, uh, we can discuss uh, maybe on our next uh, podcast is I'm doing a career switch, and uh, I wanted to... Everything's now online, so I wanted to see if I could use Linux to do all the online forms and and applications and resumes and stuff and um, it so far uh, I'm not going to tell you how it's worked out you'll have to listen to the next episode okay <laughs> you liked right. that didn't you okay. yeah absolutely so if that turns out to be our next episode is a whole episode on <laughs> using uh, using open source software to find a job <laughs> Uh, that will be our next episode. Otherwise, <laughs> it will be the next part of our series on getting started with the Linux. Yes. Uh, but until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We provide the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Enjoy your summer. music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.